EST is sponsored by Pastor Talk by Lifeway. Join host Marty Dern as he interviews pastors, professors, authors, and other ministry practitioners. Pastor Talk gives you tools and encouragement to shepherd your flock well. Subscribe to Pastor Talk in iTunes or your favorite podcatcher or listen online at lifewaypastors.com. Hi, and welcome to EST. If you love the established church, this is the place to have conversations about why the established church matters, how to better serve her, and to hear stories every week about how God is using the church for His glory and our good. The show is hosted each week by Sam Rayner, Josh King, and Micah Fries. We're glad you're here. Hey, and welcome to another episode this week talking on EST, the Established Church Podcast for Established Church Pastors by Established Churches. This is the first podcast for the Established Church, and we're so glad that you are tuning in and making us a regular part of your week. We hope that you are subscribing and letting other people know how much you enjoy the show. We're talking about something today that every pastor deals with, even the ones who say, ah, you know, I'm not that worried about this. They're worried about this. I really believe that most people are kind of spending a good amount of their time a little bit worried about this and we're talking today about budgets your church's budget not your personal budget although hopefully that's in line we're talking about your church's budgets and as always our host on the show is me josh king and mike freeze sam rayner how are you guys doing i'm just doing skippy, great man. y'all doing good skippy and did you just say yippee yippee skippy skippy no i said just skippy Oh, just Skippy would be ridiculous, Sam. That's right. Good grief. Skippy is not ridiculous. Skippy, that's... But wait a minute, wasn't it Sam who had that funny, goofy saying a few weeks ago? I don't remember what the saying was. I forgot what it was. Awesome Possum? Awesome Possum. Awesome Possum. Do not dog dog my Skippy when you're over here saying Awesome Possum. Man, my wife wife is from Kentucky, and she's the one that got me Mm. saying that. Awesome. The whole South I'm not saying anything about your wife, man. <laughs> no. You, are you better. Fair you game. better not. You are fair game. <laughs> you I am leaving Aaron uh, completely out of this conversation. <laughs> how how is uh how's y'all's uh, sports teams doing? Anybody doing okay on that stuff? Uh, Tampa Bay Rays. Not not our year. Not my our Royals. Year. Uh, when we recorded this episode, my Royals got knocked out of the playoffs officially as of yesterday. Oh, so no. that's not Sorry good. Now that. my Packers, on the other hand, are looking okay. I mean, you know, flipping Aaron Rodgers. got Aaron Rodgers, who's just the most amazing thing ever. But you know, he is, and for that reason, I hate him. I know um, the <laughs> the Cowboys and the Longhorns have decided to. You know, normally we can tell pretty quickly. Yeah, this is a good year, or this is going to be a horrible right. year. Both teams have decided to just kind of punk us for yeah, three, right. four weeks and not let us know. Well, you could and be so, a Gator fan. We're undefeated, and we think we have an awful team. So, you know, <laughs> I don't even know what to tell you, man. You know what? And since this is a pastor's podcast, we could be worse. We could be Baylor fans. This is a good a, Now, having said that, Baylor almost beat Oklahoma this past week. Yeah, They lost well, to Liberty and almost beat guys, Oklahoma. Guys, I don't guys, understand it's that. It's still baseball season. No, it's Kentucky not. The Royals are not Florida, if we want to talk October. about that kind of stuff. It's October. <laughs> this is ba- we should be talking baseball. I don't Dude, know what you guys are talking the about. The Royals got knocked hey. out of the playoffs. Baseball season's over. Out of the three of us, yeah, Tampa Bay, it's the over. Rangers, and the Royals, October's only baseball season for one of us. <laughs> the other two never are playing in October. So that's just that's how baseball do. Yeah. That's yeah. how baseball do. It's true. So let's talk about budgets. Let's talk about spending money. I think what would be cool, we're going to talk about our church's budgets. And then I thought, 
let's talk a little bit of actual numbers. Let's talk our own budgets. Obviously, it's going to tier. Ours is much smaller than you guys. Um, but I thought if we kind of shared this, this will help people kind of get their brains around um, actual numbers and how we kind of think through those. I'll let you start off uh, talking and whatever you feel like taking the direction, Micah. What's going on with y'all's budget? Yeah, well, so we, um, you know, I mean, we... we <laughs> Money is not my forte. It's not my strong suit. And so I think Sam is probably, of the three of us, Sam is probably the most proficient at managing the financial side of the church. Um, Finances are not my strong suit, but I have had to learn to become much more prolific with managing financial resources. And our our budget is larger, uh, but truthfully, it's really the same as your budget or Sam's budget or anyone else's budget. It's just scale. The way you manage it is generally the same. Uh, the thing that helps me is we have, you know, a financial um, staff of, a, you know, a couple different people who are full-time who handle the resources and manage that for us on a day-to-day basis. So I don't have to look over it on a day-to-day basis so much. Um, I just have to kind of help keep track. Now, having said that, where I do have influence is putting together our annual budget, and that's where we... Uh, frankly, we made a little bit of a, a error in judgment this year, and we were pretty aggressive with a growth strategy for our budget, and um, we anticipated a pretty aggressive growth in the church as a whole. Now, the cool thing has been that we've seen the aggressive growth in our attendance, but our mm. giving growth has not matched the attendance growth. We're, we're there. We're there, too. It's really odd. What is we've the, seen... What is that? Yeah, we've seen about a 10% growth in attendance this year. And we've almost stayed flat with our giving. And wow. And so it, giving is going to be, I think, will end. Our, our financial year is really odd. Our financial year goes from March 1st through February 28th. And so mm-hmm. um, we're just now going into the budgeting process for our next financial year. And uh, I think we'll, we will end our financial year in February with a little bit of an increase over last year, but certainly nothing like our 10% growth in attendance that we're at so far uh, this year. So is that what you're looking for, Josh? I don't know. I mean, we're just talking here. Sam, what is what is y'all's financial fiscal year? Yeah, I'm going to use the grown-up word, fiscal year. Our fiscal year is a calendar year. Um, it just makes things okay. simple and clean. Uh, there are benefits to having a fiscal <coughs> year that is like Micah's because you know what your year-end giving is going to be. So some churches will plan their fiscal year around year-end giving, particularly if they know they have large donors giving at the year-end. So you're not, like, waiting all year long to know what's the year-end giving going to be. Some people plan their fiscal calendar where the beginning of the fiscal year is actually, you know, know, the year-end giving. So they might go from Hmm. uh, November 1st through October 31st, and that way you know how your year is going to start. Um, so there, you know, you don't have to make your fiscal year a calendar year. Uh, our giving is very stable. Our December's are not that much different than any other month. Um, really? So we, no, I, it's it's a surprise to me as well. That's just been the history of the church. Um, people give weekly here. They tend to give uh, regularly weekly or regularly monthly. That's kind of a regular pattern um, that's here at the hmm. church. We don't have a so, whole lot of annual donors giving at the end of the year. We have two financial pieces that are that one of which makes our church very different than any other church I've ever seen. You guys yeah, might find this interesting. That. Yeah. 
So we do have, uh, in the month of December, we have significant giving. Um, our year-end giving from a large number of donors is really high um, in the month of December. Now, and, But then in the month of November, we have something called Harvest Day. And uh, mm -hmm. it's the first weekend in November. And they've been doing it now for well over a decade. And uh, we ask everybody to come in and, and sacrificially give a one-time gift above and beyond their normal tithe. And, um, and that goes to the general budget. It's not a special offering for a special event. It goes directly to the, to the you know, general fund. And I, I thought it was going to be a little odd when I first did it, but it really is a cool time of worship and celebration, and the whole service is built around it, and everybody comes and kind of puts their offering in, at the same time and the whole church gets up and moves and it's really cool in all of our services and in that one weekend we give the equivalent of um, well three and a half times a weekly offering so that one gift, I want to have a harvest offering now, now that's, <laughs> that's, that's nice that's really yeah, nice we, well but I mean we budget that's almost a month we budget that's extra no month. it's it's more than a month's giving for us it's uh, it's it's almost 10% of our giving comes in one weekend and mm. uh, the problem is I mean the scary part for me as a pastor is please dear God do not ever let a freak snowstorm hit Chattanooga the first weekend of November because almost 10 I mean it's like 8 to 9% of our annual giving comes in one weekend and right. uh, and so there's a lot riding on that one weekend, but it really is a cool weekend. I mean, it's a, it's a fun mm. celebration for us. So for us, October, November, December are significant months that heavily um, heavily influence mm. our our budget. So we're just now get, going into that. September was the biggest month of of the year for us so far. Uh, we had two, we had three pretty large individual gifts that were given above and beyond the offering, and so. Uh, we anticipate October being pretty strong, and then November and December are usually really strong as well. Wow. We're first and third week. First and third week are our larger giving. The second and the fourth week are a little bit lower. We have also seen our – when we instituted online giving, that really grew our giving quite a bit and stabilized the giving because people can you know auto-draft or, or whatever, set that sort of stuff up. So that's helpful to us. And then we are – January I'm curious from both of you guys. Do you do you know off the top of your head online giving? What percentage of your total giving comes online? Comes via 15, online. Fifteen percent. It's fifteen percent. But we we enacted it when I got here, so we've only been doing it. You know, I've been here two years, a little over two years. I think uh, we've been doing it eighteen months, and it's already at fifteen percent. And guess what? Our budget, our giving is up. Not the budget, but the giving is up fifteen percent. So. Um, it's not like oh, wow. all new giving was online, but when you provide people more options, they they tend to give more frequently and more. Uh, so we're, our next step is text to give. Uh, we hope to launch that sometime uh, before the end of the year. So I'll just tell you our numbers because I don't do percentages as as readily as you guys do. But last year, our plate offering averaged ten thousand eight hundred ninety two dollars a week. And so that it's going to, you know, our online giving was 3419 a week. So the total is 14.3. So wait a minute, give, give me those numbers again, Josh. 10,008 for the plate, mm -hmm. 3,004 for online, and the total is 14.3. So you don't, you don't have a whole lot coming in throughout the week. Online-wise? No, I mean just 
coming into the church office. Yeah, we'll have twenty percent, fifteen to twenty percent of our offering come in just throughout the week. Not yeah, even we necessarily don't, in we don't worship have that service. Either. Your Josh, we you will about twenty four percent is your online giving. Ours is at seventeen percent, but almost I mean the vast majority of ours comes in, Sam, on, on the weekends as well. You've been listening to EST, a conversation about the established church with our hosts, Sam Rayner, Josh King, and Micah Fries. We'll be back shortly after a brief message from our sponsors. Hey, this is Josh. I wanted to take a few moments just to talk to you about one of our EST sponsors, Trained Up. As a pastor, you know that you need to train your volunteers. You also know that that is one of the hardest things possible to do trying to get their schedules in order, trying to get everybody to show up, planning and organizing the whole thing can take a lot of your pastoring time away from you. With this resource, Trained Up has not only cut the amount of training meetings in half, it's also significantly increased participation by up to 40%. And that's a win for everybody. Not to mention that Trained Up already has courses built in with just about every ministry area you can think of. So even if you don't know what to cover, they've got you covered. And now for a limited time only, Trained Up is offering a 50% discount on their multi-ministry package for two years. Go to trainedup.org to get started today. Thank you to our sponsors who help further the mission of EST. If you'd like to partner with us and have us spotlight your ministry, go to estchurch.com for more information. Now, let's get back to the show. Our... Um... Our, this year, though, is pretty easy to figure out. We've got 8200 in the plate, so our giving's gone down, which is something we can talk about later, and 4100 in the online. So, so that's, that's about 50%. Yeah. Well, no, that's 30-some percent. Yeah. 30-some, right. So, um, and uh, Sam, we do have some come in the mail and, and through the office, but that uh, is put in the online number, or I mean the plate number. We just... Because it it just gets added up at that same time, so hmm. I don't know what that would. See, be. I ask for a breakout of all four of our services, so eight, nine thirty, ten thirty, and eleven. So I, I get that breakout of all four services, and then I ask for an additional breakout of what comes in weekly, and then what comes in mm-hmm. online. So I have several mm-hmm. columns that I look at when I'm looking at giving, and and you know it's. It's not an exact science because sometimes people jump around in different services. So you, you may have a big giver that comes to 8 one week and then 11 o'clock the next week. Um, or somebody may give online one week and then put it in the plate the next. So it's not exact, but it do, you do see patterns when you mm-hmm. break it out that way. So I, I ask for a few reports when it comes to, to budgeting and giving. Um, one of those is a, is a breakout per service um, and then an additional breakout of what came in that week and what comes in online. We push pretty hard to have people do the auto uh, draft and set that up. So we talk about that a lot. Set up your online, your direct um, drafting, and and that helps to stabilize. We're seeing that's why we're seeing that number grow. But we push that all the time. Like switch over to that, switch over to that, and kind of teaching the church that that's faithful. I knew a guy that's younger than me one time that just thought that was a sin to give online. Literally thought it was a sin if you don't put the money in an envelope fill out the envelope and then stick that in a plate. Mm-hmm. So that was that was somebody raised in a, in a certain kind of way. But um, for most people, it's just a matter of going ahead and getting them to do it. And so um, that helps a lot. And we let them know it helps tremendously if we can know exactly what's coming in. So try to push over there to that. So how do you guys manage your budget, the church budget? We've talked a little bit about giving, which is important. That obviously influences mm-hmm. the budget. Um, but on a week-to-week, month-to-month basis, what are you doing to, to manage your, your budget? 
Is, is that anything that you do at all? Do you think about it? Well, I'll, I'll start. We, we've got a spreadsheet that has the whole budget broken down. And then it has, um, there's a, you know, you can set up Google Sheets to have all sorts of formulas. One of the formulas that I have is it figures out what percentage of the year we're at based on the date. And so, I, I mean, I can pull it out while I'm talking. And what it'll do is say, so right now you're at a percentage of the year. Then it goes down through each line item and says what percentage of their budget they have spent. Does that make sense? So if we're at like 75% of the year mm-hmm. and then it, it tells us a certain thing, we also know what percentage, because we got the spreadsheet that talks about our giving, and it'll go in and say, so far, okay, so we're at 74% of the year today. So far, we have 65% of the budget given. Mm -hmm. So we're behind on that, obviously. We're behind at 9%. Well, then each line item will go down through, and if it's over 65% of the budget, it turns into red. The number actually turns red. If it's within, I think I set it up for like 5 percentage points, it'll turn yellow. So each staff person or each person responsible for their line item knows and can have access to this and they can just easily look at it and say oh it's yellow i need to slow down on my spending or i need to speed up on my or i could speed up in my spending the other side of that is for like student ministry student ministries tend to spend a lot at the late spring time because they're doing budget or summer camp and mission trips and stuff like that so almost always their budget will go red real fast and then they just kind of teeter off later. So that's kind of how we manage it and empower each of the staff members to say, that's how much you got. Just kind of manage it how you see that's, it. That's one of the month re- monthly reports that I have my financial director give me is tell me mm. what percentage of the year we are in and then what percentage of the budget people have spent. So in June, at the end of June, that's 50%. You would expect people mm-hmm. in most line items to have spent 50% of their budget. And if in June right. you've spent 95% of your budget, or in the case of one ministry area that I won't mention at my church this year, uh, worship, worship <laughs> um, that in February they had spent 95% of their budget, um, you know, I've... I've well, they got to get ready for Easter. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've, uh, I've directed my... I've told my financial director, I've said, listen, um, nobody goes over 100% without it coming to my desk. So you can't uh-huh. go over budget unless you come to me first, and then you're going to have to go to our stewardship committee after that. So we, yeah. we, have, a, we have a very tight bu- budget, and, it, and it's really helped us people think through not only what they're spending, but the timing of that spending. The, the timing is very mm-hmm. important because everybody can't spend all of their budget in January. So one of the things right. that we do is during our budgeting process is everyone who owns a budget is their gatekeeper of a particular line item or multiple line items they have to interview with our stewardship committee and they have to tell hmm. the stewardship committee not only what they because we have zero based budgeting which means every year everything resets to zero you have to prove what you need you can't just say well this is what i had last year it's like well no you're going to interview with our stewardship committee and you're going to explain why you're spending what you're spending so they not only do that, mm-hmm. they also have to put – we have a, a spreadsheet for every line item where it's January through December, and you have to put where you are going to spend that money and what month mm-hmm. um, that it's going to hit. And so our stewardship committee has a heads up on, wow, May looks pretty heavy. We might want to build up a reserve 
We don't want to tell people they can't spend the money in May, but we may want to build up a reserve to plan for a heavy May or whatever whatever month it may be. Mm. Um, so we're not only I was at a church that did that. We're not only looking at uh, how much and the overall budget and the vision of what you're doing, but also when you're going to be spending that money. Your spending rhythms. Yeah, the spending rhythms. You're, that's you're looking right. at your rhythms. And, um, that's awesome. So, for, for, and for a church our size, you know. We we have about, uh, you know, we're actually taking in more than we budget, which is great. And it's just been a blessing the last mm-hmm. couple of years. We've had some pretty significant surpluses. But our budget's about $1.2, $1.3 million. And, you know, we'll take in $1.4 this year, but um, which makes things a lot easier. But for us, timing issues are critically important. In fact, probably the larger you get, the more important those timing issues become because you have multiple ministries trying to spend money in multiple ways. Um, so I would encourage anybody who's who's doing a budget not only to look at like the the raw dollar amount that you know that is okay this is this year's budget for this particular line item, but also ask the question okay when will you be spending that money because churches can find themselves um, in trouble a lot of times in the summer when you're not taking in as much. Mm. Micah, what do you do at Brainerd? Do, do, do you do anything how, at Brainerd yeah. with the money or do you just just write They're checks? Like Scrooge McDuck, <laughs> they swim in it. <laughs> I wish. Yeah, we um, <laughs> Sam. It brought up a good point. I think the larger you are, the more you have to manage some of that because you do have larger ministries and they hit at the same time. We had August for us was a very, very difficult month. We had a lot of pretty significant ministry bills come to due because they had happened over the um, summer. And, you know, each pastor, staff member on our staff gets a church credit card and that's how they make the purchases that they're making we have specific caps on those credit cards about how much they can spend per transaction, how much they can spend per day. We use a PO system that requires them to get pre-approval on purchases over a certain amount, and uh, and and that way we can control cash flow that way. Um, I don't manage the budget at all. I oversee it more than I wish I did, because right now we don't have an administrative pastor or executive pastor. Uh, to oversee or manage that. I'm working on that. Hopefully we'll have someone by the end of the year in that position. But that position's been open since August of last year. Um, and so I've had to watch that a lot more than I want to or you know, or am necessarily even gifted to do. But it's just part of the, the reality. I've got to watch it. And, How do you guys set a budget? Uh, so we, at, we have budget worksheets. It's a Microsoft Excel. What's well, a Google Excel document? that our financial administrator puts together and she she's mm-hmm. actually doing it right now we're going to have it out to the staff hopefully into this week early next week somewhere in that time frame and everybody has a tab and each person's tab has their worksheet on it and and it's unlocked just for their email address so they can't access somebody else's tab they can only access their tab and when they put their data in it obvi- automatically tabulates in a master spreadsheet that then tracks the whole budget. And uh, so once that's done, once every staff member goes through and develops their anticipated budget, they then hand that off to the lead team. Our pastoral lead team determines what we think the total dollar amount for the budget should be at the end of the year, and we work off that. And so then we go through and we do, we we usually lock ourselves away in a conference room somewhere off campus for a full day, just walking through budget, you know, worksheet by worksheet, knowing what our number needs to be. And then we also manage personnel. We want our personnel to never be higher than 52% of our total budget. So we try and, you know, that means we've got to modulate personnel. And that's also part of what dictates raises and all of that stuff. And um, 
And, and How long does that take from the time that y'all shoot out that email to the time that you're like, vote on this? Um, four months. About, about How about you, months. Sam? How long is your – you do an interview with the committee and – how long does that take? Yeah, we've already we've already started the process. So we start uh, annual budgeting process in August as far as filling out our mm-hmm. worksheets. Um, interviews typically take place in September. However, we had this thing called Hurricane Irma that mm-hmm. uh, hurt us a little bit this month. Uh, on the giving mm-hmm. side too, you know, you skip a service that that kind of hurts. Uh, skip a yeah. week and uh, gathering. But so our September was not good, Micah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I wish I wish we had your September. Yeah. Uh, but the the interviews occur September October. Uh, ministry areas that aren't necessarily overseen by a staff person, such as women's ministry, those are coming in in October. By November, our stewardship committee has worked with our personnel committee on our personnel costs, which is about half. You know, we try to stay right at fifty percent personnel cost to budget. And uh, December, we're voting on it. So. Uh, we what, mm. what begins in August uh, finishes in in December. Yeah, see, Five we months. we start in September and we vote in February. So mm. um, we vote we vote about two weeks before the budget goes into effect, which is probably not the healthiest uh, plan. <laughs> We're still working on some of that, but we also don't have now. Sam said they've got some ministry areas that are maybe not overseen by a staff member. Uh, we don't have anything that's not overseen by a staff member. Now, there may be volunteers that have responsibility over a budget, but they're accountable to a staff member who has ultimate oversight over their budget area. And uh, mm-hmm. but in terms of day to day, like I, we have a full, you know, we have a financial administrator and and a and another financial. Uh, we have a two person financial office that are full time people that manage the day to day cash flow finances of ours. Uh, typically, we would have an executive pastor or administrative pastor that they would report to that watches over it from a lead team perspective. I'm having to do that right now. So typically, we have a finance team that's a lay lay team that's almost all financial professionals uh, led by a treasurer. Uh, the treasurer meets with our financial team every month. There, he, from a lay perspective, helps our financial team. I mean, our financial office manage cash flow and, and and the budget every month. And then we meet for our finance team meeting once a month where we go over, you know, where we're at as a budget, what do we need to look for, what are we anticipating, that sort of thing. I attend that meeting right now just because we don't have an ex- executive pastor or administrative pastor. When we have one in, then I won't, I won't attend those meetings. Uh, so, I mean, when that person is on staff, I, I will just basically get a regular, you know, once or twice a month report from our executive pastor uh, just keeping me up to date on where the financial situation is at, but uh, I won't necessarily do it day to day. I'm doing. I'm not doing it day to day now. I do it more week to week now. And uh, mm. yeah, that's kind of where Sam, we're at. Micah, you said something. You projected out this mm-hmm. year, and then y'all set a budget according to that projection. Yeah. Sam, how do you guys do it? Do you do a projection and set a budget? Absolutely. So on the expense side, you you it's helpful. I should I shouldn't say you need to do this because there are different ways to budget. But on the expense yep. side better i do believe it's better it's the way we do it so it must be right um (laughs) uh you need to it would be helpful to be zero based meaning everything resets to zero then you have a plan for the coming year so just because you had five grand in a line item last year doesn't necessarily mean that you need five grand going forward um so we on the expense side we're zero based budgeting on the but a lot and that's where most churches are they think about their expenses they add up their expenses and then they make they just make that their budget where where i think it would be helpful is don't you don't need you not only need to have 
the expenses accounted for, but you need to properly project your revenues. And you need to budget for your revenues. That's the tithes and offerings that are coming in. So um, we do project both expenses and revenues, and we try to make sure that they balance. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's interesting. I love all the big grown-up words you yeah. use, like revenues and expenses. We actually – I'm like, how much offering and how much does that cost? <laughs> we did something <laughs> that's what we uh, for the first time this year, and it took a while. It was a hard process. But we – in the past, we've just figured out, okay, here's our annual budget, and we've divided it by 12 – and said, these are our anticipated expenses, and these are our anticipated um, income. Our financial team this past year actually broke that out going back year after year after year, and they now provide for us a monthly anticipation of expenses and income that fluctuates based on month. And, And that's been super helpful to us when it comes to managing cash flow and expectations. So for a smaller church... I would suggest um, maybe a little bit different approach because this is this is the way we approach it and it help it's helpful. We don't project; we only look at income. So our next year's budget is always set on what came in this year. Now we do anticipate that there's going to be more coming in, and when there's more coming in, we usually put that towards three piles: it's missions first, and then it's debt second, and savings third. So as more comes in, we divide it that way, and then the next year, though, our budget increases for the next year based on what came in. And so we've always said it that way. We don't get into a lot of – that's why for all but this year, our uh, our budgets are always healthy. And, you know, we always make budget because we grow in into our expenditures instead of the other way around. The other crazy thing about us, I guess, is just weird. But now I'll caveat this way. We don't have money. We, we've never had money. We're very low. And I know there are probably some of our listeners will think we have a lot of money coming in. So our whole budget process starts about mid-October, and we vote on it mid-November. Wow. So we just we just look at what we had. Now, like the thing that I showed or I told you on the spreadsheet earlier, we print that out three times a year, give it to the church. We look over on that right-hand column and say what's yellow and red, and we answer to those if we need to. Um, like, well, okay, missions is red because we went ahead and paid all of our CP giving already. So it's already for the whole year. It's already paid. So um, – we just kind of give those answers, and then towards the, you know, when we're in the quote-unquote budget season, the elders just look at it and say, students spent several thousand over their line item. Should we bump them up? And if there's a reason that they did that might occur next year, we just bump that line item up, and then we print that out, send it out to all the people who are in charge of their budgets and say, is this good? And everybody, in six and a half years, everybody's just said, yeah, that's fine, and then we vote on it. And... It just passes. So we just have a very small budget. But there's a couple of things. The fact that we set budgets based on the the year's income and keeping within those, like, staff expenses need to be less than 50%, debt is less than 25%, on and on. Keeping within those the best that we can also helps it to where it's just kind of a no-brainer. There's not a lot to debate. There's not a lot to think about because this is how much money comes in. That's how much we spend. And... If any extra comes in, the whole church knows we're going to divide it between those three pots and uh, kind of take it over. So that's a simplistic way for a smaller church to maybe approach it. I don't know if that's wise or not, but it's kind of helped for it's, us to it's get a, It is wise if, you're, if every year your giving is going up the way the church is, Josh, where it would mm-hmm. be unwise to base on previous year's giving as if your giving has been going down every year. Mm-hmm. Um, so just Which is what happened to us this last year. 
So just keep that in mind. So, you know, if you're if you're a pastor mm-hmm. of a church and you know smaller church and maybe you don't have a financial background, um, the way Josh has explained the process is is great. Just make sure that you're asking the question: Has our giving been going up or down? Um, and if it's going down, mm-hmm. you just need to make sure that you adjust, you know, accordingly. Right. How many churches do y'all? I've I've been kind of talking to a lot of guys because I'm like, this is the first year where we're not making budget like for a long time. There's been we didn't make budget this month, but we'll catch back up the next month. And I'm talking to all of my pastor friends, and everybody's like, "Yeah, we don't ever make budget." I, one guy who pastors one of the, you know, kind of mid-tier large churches in Texas, really great finances and stuff. He says, "We haven't made budget in over five years. Just we just don't make budget." Yeah, I, so how that's how common that's is that? Common at Brainerd. I don't know the last time they made budget, <clears throat> but we also finish every year with a pretty good surplus. And so, you know, part of that is because I think our staff size, we've got, you know, the number of staff members, we always have a number of open positions. We always budget for them, but we're not paying those salaries. So, um, you know, I mean, that's that's some of it. Part of it is because facility costs maybe don't come in as what we thought, and so we save money there. But, I mean, we, we haven't, I don't know a time when Brainerd has met budget, but we also usually finish with a surplus. So when you say surplus, you just, you took in more than you that's spent. That's correct. But what you took in was not up to the what the budget That's was correct. set. That's correct. Which is helpful to tell churches to explain to churches. This is what th- I always explain to the church every single year we do a budget. This is how we'll spend it if it comes That's in. Right. And so we're not necessarily going to spend this much on this yeah, thing. We, we, we always just, this say is how that. It's we been. say we don't spend money that we don't have ever. I mean, we just don't mm-hmm. do that. Now, because we have cash flow issues, some months we're go- we are going to outspend our giving some months. But we also keep a surplus to be able to offset those months. And then... Right, so you have the reserve. That's right, so we keep reserve surpluses that help. And in fact, they're designated as a buffer account, basically. And we don't have Mm -hmm. it designated for anything else other than to help us make sure that we manage those, you know, two months, maybe three months out of the year where we have higher spending than income. Sam, we're over time, but do you have those... um do you, do you, off the top of your head, do you have those little percentages that help with setting budgets? Like fifty percent needs to be staff or less. Yeah. Or do you, Do you know any of those? Yeah. So uh, what are those? Uh, this is very general, and so much depends on your sure. context. So if you're a listener, just understand that th- these are extremely general numbers. Yeah, fifty percent of what you take in, which should be your budget. Now, some people inflate budgets the way they inflate membership and the reason That's that right. they never they never hit budget is because they want to say they've got this big budget um but generally speaking 50 percent of personnel costs and that's all in that's not just salaries that's benefits that's everything um 50 of your budget needs to go to staff or personnel um 10 at least in my view needs to go to some mission endeavors those are those can be stuff your church does or outside mission endeavors but something within mission um, you know, you really want to stay under 25% debt um, if you have debt. Uh, I mean, anything over 25%, I think you're getting – by that debt, I mean debt service, the amount that you have to pay the bank every month or every year. Um, so and, – and then the rest would be would be ministry. So clearly, uh, if you are lower on your personal costs and lower on debt, that frees up more for missions and ministry. And if you're a, a lay person listening and you're not a, a church leader, the, the only thing I would caution uh, like a stewardship committee or a personnel committee to think about is your pastors are missionaries. So, you know, sometimes we mm-hmm. think of personnel costs as this bad thing, 
like, oh my goodness, we're paying this money in salaries when we could be paying it to missionaries. And, and I just want to say, well, you know when that money goes to missionaries, you know what it does? It, it puts it pays it, for their you pay for their electric their bill. Yeah. It pays for their food on the table for their kids, and and so you, you know you have to be careful about the personnel cost side of things because your your staff are your local missionaries. Um, it's mm-hmm. not like the higher you know the the greater percentage, uh, the better percentage is the missions percentage. Um, but you really do want to keep personal costs below fifty five percent. Really, I mean anything over that you start hurting yourself. With, uh, yeah, you know, we, potential I, I told, ministry. I told you we keep ours, try and keep ours at fifty-two percent. We bumped slightly higher than that this year, but we're able to offset that because we have zero debt. And so, by having mm-hmm. no debt, that's not taking up up to twenty-five percent of our budget. It was able to allow us, which we had debt until just over a year ago when we paid it all off. It allowed us to sort of compensate for that. Right. Well, that's all the time we have for today. I'm sure that this was a fascinating conversation for you as it was for me. It's always interesting and helpful to find out what other guys are doing and dealing with such a big issue in our churches. Make sure you subscribe and share. Let other people know about EST, and we'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to EST, a discussion for the established church. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, as well as subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher. Thanks for listening. Support for EST is provided by Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. The mission at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary is to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ by equipping students to serve the church and fulfill the Great Commission. The school is located in Wake Forest, North Carolina, and offers more than 40 different degree programs ranging from Associate of Divinity to Doctor of Philosophy. With more than 3,400 students enrolled, Southeastern trains future and current ministry leaders to lead effectively, study the word diligently, and preach the gospel unashamedly. Learn more about Southeastern by visiting www.sebts.edu. And come check out our campus to see how you can join the Southeastern family and learn how to go to reach your community, your nation, and your world. Wherever you're going, Southeastern will help you get there.